will turn from their wicked ways, their selfish ways, their idolatrous ways, their it's all about me ways. Look what he says. Then I'll hear from heaven. Can I tell you the church has become all about the church? Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. It is great to have you on this Memorial Day weekend, and I, there's lots of folks traveling. There's a lot of folks in our church. You look around, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that are, that are out traveling today, so we want to pray, especially pray for patience. Have anybody tried the I-70, I-17 corridor on a holiday weekend? Yeah, just coming up and down and just trying to, you definitely learn if you have patience. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. What an incredible, incredible day. It was established quite a while back because there was people that started thinking, we're not remembering the reason we have freedom. Bless you, Jimmy. Good to see you today, my friend. Jimmy Cody, our evangelist to the, to the native, to the reservation. I tell you what, he... They, you know, have forgotten a lot of times that freedom isn't free. That everything that we enjoy in this nation, that sadly, you know, there's a lot of it being challenged. And, and it just, it just as, a, as a Christian, in the only nation on earth that was founded on Christianity. Do you realize that? The people say, well, what about Israel? Israel was founded on God. Judaism came later, but America was founded on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. One of the reasons they left England is because they couldn't figure out if God was God or the king was God. So they came to establish a new land, and those freedoms are being challenged because people, some people think, you know, that, that America is outdated. The Constitution is outdated. The things are outdated. Folks, 
This word of God is not outdated. And you read anything from our founding fathers, anything, and they say if you deter away from the word of God, you might as well close up America and go home. This morning, I want to do something. If you're here, and like I said, there's a lot of people that are, that are gone because they're, they're doing uh, different things. They're spending time with family in different cities and different states. But if you're here and you have served in the military of any kind, you are in civil service, the military, uh, you're currently serving, you're retired, um, whatever the case is, I wonder if you stand to your feet this morning, would you? All over this building. Come on, let them know. Let them know how much you appreciate them. Come on, folks, shout it out. Shout it out. Now, I'm going to ask you to keep standing for a day, for a moment. Years ago, I, I was moved on God, by the Spirit of God to say, why don't you do something? As a pastor, why don't you put something in somebody's hands? If you've been at our church, we actually did, uh, you know, a recognition on Memorial Day uh, several years ago, and we did this. But we put together a card, and this card basically tells all of you what we think of you. You still have yours, Richard? Yes. We consider you an American hero. Folks, heroes aren't on basketball courts, and heroes aren't on football fields. Hebrews, heroes lived, fought, and died. And sadly, some will never be honored in the way they should. But we put together just this simple little card, and I'm asking ushers if they'll go around, and they will give one to each person that is standing today. And if you're not, and you served in any capacity, and I'm not talking about that, let's go, let's go further. Those are the ones on the seas, uh, other lands, and, and even in America here. How about the, the fire department? If you have fire workers in this place today, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have police officers in this place today, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have uh, EMT, emergency medical teams, if you have uh, Coast Guard, if you have National Guard, come on, I want you to stand up. If you haven't received one of these cards, so I want you to please, I know some of you sit down, stand back up, please. We want to pray over you. Folks, there's no way to repay for what these people have done. Men and women that have traveled uh, all over for your freedom and mine. You say, Pastor, why, why do we have to go to other countries to battle for freedom? Well, folks, it's, it's you know, sadly they don't preach, they don't uh, teach um, what they used to call it, civil, uh, in, uh, civics, yeah. They used to teach civics in elementary school, junior high school, high school. They don't teach it anymore. Understanding why our country remains free 
is because people like this will go to places that aren't so happy with our freedom. And they want to do everything they can do to oppose it. And if they can, ladies and gentlemen, an Atlantic and Pacific Ocean won't stop them. The land down south, the land up north won't stop them. That's why we go all over the world. That's why we do. That's why we have countries that we are, uh, our military people are established in. Every day, 24 hours a day. On this Memorial Day, I can guarantee there's some of them on the field that are saying, I wonder if they remember me. I wonder if you're sitting next to somebody, if you just put your hand up and, and, and just remember them. We're going to pray in just a moment. But like I said, I want to go further. Fire department, police department, EMTs. Do you know there was an EMT that went to help somebody and they killed him just recently? Folks, it's crazy. Police show up. Fire department shows up. I'm just reading this stuff on the news and they're, they're, they're coming there to help them. Just yesterday, a young couple was pulled over by a policeman. And the guy had warrants out and stuff like that. And if a citizen hadn't stopped by, the guy had, him in a, had the policeman in a death grip. And he was literally going to go unconscious until a civilian. Now, I'm not telling you to do this. But, folks, their lives are on the line every day. People for you and me. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for these men and women who have given their lives. These men and women, God, who every day, Many of them leave their homes. The fire people, the, the police people, Father, the, the medical people, God, the, the different, the sheriffs, the different uh, uh, local enforcement agencies, first responders, we call them. God, they're, they're, they leave their home every day, and sadly, some of them don't even know if they're coming back. They understand the volatility of their job. God put a hedge of protection about them. Your angels ministering to them. God, those that have served. God, in foreign wars and local wars. God, those that serve today. God, wherever they at, wherever country they're at, whatever city they're in, Father, God, let them, let them sense these prayers and the prayers of, of tens and hundreds of thousands of Christians around the world praying for them right now. God, we thank you, Lord, that you would step in, that you would step in before they ever step out to know that they wrapped in your love and protection. Thank you, Father, for these men and women. Thank you for all they've done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's let them know we appreciate them one more time, would you? If, if this is your first time here, please, I ask you just to fill out this guest card and, and turn it in at the guest services desk outside. Vince and Beth, a lovely couple. Where are you, you guys in here? Vince, Beth, where are you at? There's Miss Beth. Stand up, Miss Beth, would you? And Vince is here somewhere. I'm not sure where Vince is. Oh, he's out and back. Okay. Uh, go see Vince and Beth. If you don't want to see Vince, see Beth. Her, her smile's prettier. Okay. <laughs> 
go see her and take your card and they'll give you a they'll give you a little packet that we just started putting together and it's really really got some cool stuff in it okay and and uh so you know we, my wife was putting these packets together and and helping do this and I thought well how can can I have some of that stuff and she said you have to visit the church <laughs> okay okay well praise the lord if you have your bibles please open them to exodus there's a price for freedom and that price is paid in a host of different ways. And today we recognize all those who have paid the price to give us freedom. I remember hearing a young lady one time said, well, if, if freedom costs, then is it free? Folks, it's not free. People pay a huge price to keep you and I free worldwide. My wife and I have had the privilege of traveling uh, around the world. And if I'm ever in a major city that has one of these, I try to find them. I've been to the one in D.C. I've, I've been to uh, several of them over the years in, 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 uh, in uh, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, different places that have this. It's called the, the, the Memorial to the Unknown Soldier. In America's description or, or inscription on the monument, it says, in honor of the American soldier known only to God. I've not had the privilege of going to the Twin Towers Memorial, as of yet, maybe some of you have, but there's a memorial there also. Bless you. And the memorial erected to those as people were running out, the firemen, women, the police, the different first responders were running in. Could you imagine what's going through their mind? They see the building on fire. They see it literally, you know, collapsing. And they run in to help people get out. Folks, that takes a special person that understands freedom. These memorials are erected to the dedication of all those who gave their lives for a cause that they believed in. So much so they were even willing to die. And as I've said, it's not just the military. It's the local law enforcement, the fire protection, the emergency medical teams, and a host of others that I know I'm not doing justice for in naming them. Just the regular security people in the colleges, the regular security people on campuses. This country was based and is based, was founded and remains found on this type of heart and mentality. Patrick Henry once spoke words that causes thousands of people over the years to fight for God and country. And Patrick Henry's words were very simple. I think they're the heart of the American dream. And it said these words, he said, give me liberty or give me death. I want to watch a video this morning 
that kind of just gives a little bit of the memorial, if you will. Bob. Our Father who art in heaven, today we remember those men and women who have died in service to our country. We pause to reflect on the lives sacrificed while protecting our freedoms. We confess that most days we are oblivious to the price paid by men and women in uniform, and yet we live every day in the freedom they laid down their lives to give us. So today, we recall the words of Jesus when he said, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let us not forget that each life lost represents other lives that are left to pick up the pieces. We lift up widows and widowers, brothers and sisters, parents and children of the service men and women who fought valiantly for our country. We ask for your peace and comfort to never leave them. God, we thank you for the lives of these men and women. May their memory and their service never be forgotten. Amen. The uh, card that we gave out on the front of it is inscribed these words. Today and always in honor of your appreciation presented to an American hero from Victorious Life Christian Center. In the back, it has John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Exodus chapter 3. Today I want to, I want to minister a very simple message that I've titled, The Memorial That Gives Victory. The memorial that gives victory. In Exodus chapter 3, the Bible records these words. Moses said to God, Moses is preparing to go stand before Pharaoh. He's preparing to go stand before God's people. And he's having a conversation with God. And he said, God, suppose I go to the Israelites and they say, and I tell them, the God of, our, of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name. God, what do I tell him? Listen to what God said. God said, tell them, I am who I am. I am who I am. I'm the eternal God. No beginning, no ending. I am who I am. And then he went on to say, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. And this I want you to note in your scripture, this is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. God is making a declaration from the very beginning. He said, understand I am your source. I am your hope. I am 
your help. I am your encouragement. I am your peace. I am your joy. God says, it doesn't matter what everybody else is, I am. But sadly, even today in the church, it's become little more than a symbolic memorial. The name that God does supply. Because we look, oh yeah, God does, but we look somewhere else to get what God supplies. We look for God to do this. We look for God to do that. See, folks, words are easy. But living what they mean are so much harder. Today in America, one of the things that we have that causes America, though it was founded on God, founded on Jesus Christ as God's only son, the only hope for mankind, we have all kinds of different ways to take care of situations that we need. If we have a financial thing, oh, we might throw a symbolic prayer to heaven, but then we run to the bank looking for a loan. If we are physically or mentally or emotionally sick, oh, we may throw out a few words in passing. God, thank you for touching me as we head off to the market to buy the prescription. And folks, don't get me wrong. None of that's, none of that's wrong. That's all fine and all dandy. But are we really looking to him as the one that really is our supply, our hope, our help? See, symbolism is just what it means, lip service. Many times we say we believe, but as Heather said just a moment ago, we won't stand in that belief to defend it. When somebody does something, somebody says something, when's the last time you stood up and said, "Uh uh-uh? I remember when we first started this church seven years ago, my wife and I, we were we both still worked full-time jobs. I, I worked about a year and a half after the church started. She kept going about four years after the church started. And, and just over and over and over. And at my job, I, they, would, um, they would call me and uh, they would have different meetings. They would have uh, uh, when the people all got together and had meetings. And so anytime I saw a gathering... I, I thought the boss was having a meeting. So I'd go to the meeting, and all of a sudden, everybody stopped talking. And I said, I, I, am I missing something? Uh, n- no, what we're doing, you really do want to miss. So I got the picture. But I still I showed up at every one of them. You say, well, well, did you stand up? By virtue of the fact that they stopped and they changed the subject, they knew exactly where I stood. Because I'm not going to join in. I'm not going to be a part of it. Oh, I stood up at different times when, when uh, it, it needed to be done, where somebody was saying something, saying, ah, no, no, that's not the way it is. And sadly, in this world, it's more symbolic memorial. We get caught up in Republican Democrat. We get caught up in independent and, and green. We get caught up in all this stuff. When sadly, most of us just symbolism to get what we want. Can somebody say amen? John F. Kennedy, Democrat. Please don't get offended if I'm naming Democrat, Republican. If I say something contrary to a Democrat, don't worry. Five minutes, I might say something contrary to Republican, okay? Uh, 
if you've been in this church any length of time, you know it's, even though you're amazed at what I say, just be more amazed at what I'm not saying. John F. Kennedy made a powerful statement. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Now, folks, that's not the Democratic Party of today. Today is all about socialism. Today is all about the rich taking care of the poor and, and everybody doing their fair share. And, and folks, I, I, once again, we have a country just a few thousand miles south of us, Venezuela, almost like Valenzuela, Venezuela. You know that country is totally exploding right in front of our eyes? You know what their government is? Socialism. All over the world, socialism hasn't worked, folks. And if we don't get it, it ain't going to work here. It never has. It never will. Why? Because it's a fact. You know, and I, I watch, I get these YouTube videos, people standing up and they try to motivate people. And they get booed out of the place when they tell them, you're the only success you're going to ever have. Don't lean on somebody else. Don't think somebody's going to walk you in. Folks, I'm going to start meddling right here. I do that sometimes. <laughs> My wife's sitting out there, be, be careful, be careful. I'm all for a hand up, but I've never been for a handout. A hand out keeps people in bondage. A hand up pulls people out of bondage. And you see, come on, give him praise. Yeah, because the reality, this is what the Bible teaches. You know the Bible teaches the one that won't work shouldn't even eat? I'm just teaching what the Bible says. A man that won't take care of his own home, God said is worse than an infidel. Okay, I'm putting meddling aside now. Ask not what, you, what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So many are not concerned about the whole of this country. Now, folks, this is not about this country. Yet this country was founded on the principles of God's word. And it was when this country, 1963, look who died in 1963. It was when this country in 1963 started throwing God out of the schools and throwing God out of the system and throwing God out. That we started this desperate spiraling downhill the morals of our country, the morals founded in God's word, ladies and gentlemen, are the things that cause the men and women that put on a uniform every day. Now, folks, let me interject here. Yes, there are bad people. There are jerks out there that wear a uniform just to build their ego. The badge builds up something that they don't have. But the majority that put on that uniform are putting it on because of values and morals and ethics and virtues and hope. But as I just said, some, it's just cheap talk. I read a story one time of a group of 
of men and women that were departing to go overseas to war. And, and on the day of the departure, the street were lined with the crowds cheering and marching regiments to leave to go overseas. And there was a recruit who had watched the crowd for some time and asked, who are all those people cheering? To which one re-enlisting recruit says, those are the people that aren't going. It's easy to shout and cheer when it's just words of symbolism. But it's a rare man or woman who stand boldly against the degeneration of time. Nathan Hale, he said, only one regret I have. Only one regret I have is I got just one life to give for my country. Symbolic memorial, lip service. Paul said, in his heart, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, that he felt there was a sentence of death. What, what, is, what is Paul writing there? And I want you to hear me, Christian. Christianity is not the most blessed thing to be called today. I remember I first started pastoring back in, in 80, gosh, I think it was 82, 83, something like that. I first started pastoring. And I went to Tyler, Texas. Anybody here heard of Tyler, Texas? I know Heather has. Others, Tyler, Rose Capital of the World. I went to Tyler, Texas. Man, I was excited. I'm going to pastor. We started the church there just like my wife and I started the church here. Just the two, nobody else. Seven years ago, that's what this church was, her and I. And look what God's done. I went to Tyler, Texas, and I remember going across Tyler, going across Texas, and I was in, I was in Lubbock. I think I was in Lubbock, and God spoke to me. I told, I, I was having this conversation like Moses was having with God. I was having this conversation, God, why am I going to Texas? Everything's saved in Texas. The cows are saved. I mean, God, what am I going to Texas for? And God spoke to me just like I'm speaking to you, just as clear as I could imagine, and he said, son... If you'll love them, I'll change them. And that's been the motive, the motto of my entire ministry, just trying to love people, just trying to love people. And I went there, and I went to rent a house, and I walked up to the person, and they were saying all this, and, and, uh, and they said, well, what kind of job credential do you have? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And she said, well, that doesn't benefit you. 30 years earlier, it would have been a huge compliment. It would have been a huge motive. I'm a pastor in the Bible Belt country. Sadly, this pulpit has violated so much. Sadly, a lot of what comes across the pulpit these days is symbolic memorial. I am is the name that will be spoke from generation. It's not he was. It's I am. It's not he did, it's he does. Paul said there's a sentence of death in me. 
And so it is not an issue for them to face death because they've already felt like they have faced death and they were willing to that debt. For they had already made a decision and not only willing to live for Christ, but to die. James Calvert, Calvert, the missionary to the Fiji Islands, this is what he said. He was asked one time, why do you risk your life to go to such savage people? We're talking about the 1800s. James Calvert is going as a missionary to the Fiji Islands. And you know his response when they ask, why do you risk your life to go to savage people? He said, we died before we left. Paul, once again, Philippians 1, 21 said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I'm not talking about, you know, some morbid idea, but the understanding, folks, we have the glorious life that God has given us. How much greater when we go home and hear those words, well done. It felt so trite in uh, 2001. I was going to the Philippine Islands to do a pastor's conference. I went to Seoul, Korea, and I, I ministered in, in uh, 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 Paul Young E. Cho's church. And then I, from there, I went to Manila to a Bible conference. There were several thousand Filipino people. And from there... I, I was with a team on the other places, but from there I flew to, to Mindanao. If you know anything about the Philippines, Mindanao is a Muslim stronghold. And two weeks before I had gotten to Mindanao, I flew from Manila, from Metro Manila Airport into Cotabato City, if you know the geography at all. And I flew over there, and they had just been having war going on. So the planes landing were hitting all these potholes. Well, they weren't potholes. They were mortar holes where they had just bombed. Before I got there, they had just killed five Christian missionaries. Where I was going in the area of Midsayup, while I was there ministering over the hill, you could hear the battle going on. And I'm there, I'm thinking, okay, praise the Lord. God, is this it? Well, it wasn't militarily, but I had to have surgery in the middle of the jungle. We were two and a half hours from any kind of medical situations and or, or, hospitals and so on and so forth. And, and all of a sudden, my appendix ruptured. No warning, no anything. I'm in the jungle. And I'm thinking, okay, God, this isn't good. And I am in excruciating pain. And, and we went to the local medical people that were actually there in Midsayup. And they said, oh, he's got colic. Well, it's been a long time since I had colic as a baby, but I don't remember, but it, it didn't feel like colic, and somebody said no. And so the main mode of transportation where I was was a little, it, they called it a, uh, it was a motorcycle with a little sidecar thing. I don't remember the name of it. Does anybody remember the name? Somebody's been over there. They had this, that was the main mode of operation. We had a, a man with me that, that uh, when I got there, I had a team that had sent ahead of me five people. And uh, Wesley was there in my room. He stayed in the room with me. And I told him, I said, Wesley, you're going to have to do something. This, this is not good. It's not good. So they got up and he started walking the middle of the night in the jungle in this little city of Midsayab. And he starts walking. And he finds a, a guy that had a car. And they drove me two and a half hours to Cotabato City. 
The hospital, I wouldn't recommend. It was a regional center. Plasters falling off the wall. I woke up on the operating table. They didn't have the, all the different stuff. They did the surgery. I flew from there back to Manila, back to Seoul, back to the U.S. Pastor, why are you telling us this story? I was leaving the airport in Metro Manila, leaving everybody to fly. I think it was, I think it was an hour and a half to, to Cotabato City. And Jim Calvert's response came to my mind as one of the people said, Pastor, why do you do this? You travel all over the world by yourself. Why do you do this? Because he did. And then they said, are you afraid? And these words just came out. I died before I left. Christianity today is not a namesake. Millions have died and are dying daily. Are you reading the news? How many dozens of Coptic Christians they just killed in Egypt? How many thousands go unreported? Over in, in, in Kenya where Pastor Philemon and his family's from. Over in Nigeria, over in Uganda, over in Somalia. All of those areas surrounded. I remember the last time I was doing a meeting there, just 200 miles away. Pastor Philemon and I were there. And they were rolling grenades into Christian churches, blowing people up. Just 200 miles from where we were. What am I saying, folks? We have to get beyond symbolism. There are so many that don't believe so much that they're willing to die for it. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8, look at it. Rarely for anyone will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, some might possibly die. But Jesus showed his love for us while we were still sinners. He died. Many times... Our military, our law enforcement, our fire, EMT personnel die for a country and people who really don't even care. Why? They die because they're not dying for symbolism. They're dying for your freedom and mine. Let me go a step further from the symbolic to the material. There are material memorials. These go beyond words. These are, these are things that when people really stand up, it was Calvin Coolidge who said patriotism in America means looking out, uh, means looking out for yourself by looking out for your country. Far from what we become today in this world, looking out for yourself means looking out for your country. In Iwo Jima, while the mortar shells were pounding, the men on the shores of Iwo Jima had one agenda, 
for the cause of freedom, they raised that flag. In New York City on September 1st, 2011, in New York City, they raised a flag. And when that flag rose, ladies and gentlemen, what it represented is we're not going down, terrorists. When they rose the flag in Iwo Jima said, you're not taking that country, our country, any other country. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a material reality in somebody that realizes I died already, and freedom is worth the price. Can somebody say amen? I remember Caleb as I read the Bible. The Bible says Caleb and Joshua and ten others went into the promised land. And they saw, they saw the land flowing with milking honey. The Bible says grapes the size of, of cantaloupe and melons. Said that the, the, it was just, just gorgeous. It was plentiful. And Caleb and Joshua came back and 10 others came back. Folks, the difference between symbolism and material memorial. Symbolically, the other 10 came back and said, yeah, yeah, it's all nice and dandy, but there's giants in the land. I don't know if we can do this. And Joshua and Caleb said, I'm ready when you are. Just call it. After they went in and conquered the land, I can picture Caleb 85 years old, think about it. Caleb, he walks up to Josh, making sure nobody else is around because he don't want anybody to get offended. He said, he said, Josh, while I was in there, man, I saw this mountain. Man, it looked good. Can I have it? 85 years old. And of course, Joshua quickly said, uh, Caleb, are you sure you want that mountain? You know, the sons of Bashan are up there. I said, Pastor, who are they? Uh, well, there's, they were the guys that had six fingers and six toes on each foot and hand. Let's see, you, you might not remember them. Uh, they had this one, the little brother's name was Goliath. He was telling Caleb, he said, Caleb, they live up there. And he said, can I have it? He said, I, I know, and it doesn't matter. You know why? Because I serve the one who is I am, not I was. And he said, I serve the one that said I will, not I won't. Yeah. Folks, there's something about when there's a real place in your heart. No man, listen to this please, is entitled to the blessing of freedom if they're not vigilant in its preparation. A man's country is not a certain area of land or mountains or rivers or woods. It is a principle. Patriotism, ladies and gentlemen, is a loyalty to a principle. The reason Joshua and Caleb could stand out and said, God, we can take the land because they knew who God was is and what he could do. <coughs> Still today, we get so caught up in stuff. We get so caught up in stuff of what we don't have. God tells us to give what we do have. I remember reading of a military vet who went to the French, the French Pyrenees, the, a mountain range, and he went there because he'd heard there was a place where people got healed. And he went there as a war veteran because he'd lost his leg in battle. 
It was shortly after World War II, and he hobbled his way to the shrine. Now, I want you to hear this, please. I want you to hear this, please. Because I'm talking about material, not symbol. I'm talking about the fact of believing something, not just saying something. This World War II vet hobbled up to the top of this temple. I'm not advocating God. I'm, not advocating, I'm just talking about the man's heart. And there's people around him started mocking him. And said, look at that American. Look at that. He thinks he's going to come here and God is going to give him a leg. The man heard them speaking. And he said, folks, I don't know that God's going to give me a leg. But either way, I'm asking God to help me live with or without it. Sadly, when things don't go the way we go today, folks, we, 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 we throw temper tantrums. That's called getting thoughts past my head about the protest and things are going on. So I don't say things. Folks, there's a reason the symbolism's not. When we have a real commitment, it is. Let me take you back 40 years, 40 plus years to Vietnam. One of the greatest disservices ever handed out to our Vietnam vets is they were judged guilty for fighting a war they didn't want to fight by people who wouldn't fight but wanted the benefits of a country that would. Folks, that wasn't right. They came back, and they came back, some of them so messed up, even today. Folks, you know, one of my heart's desires is that we could do something for our vets as a church. I don't know what we could do. God had to give us a lot of money to get a housing place. You say, well, some of them deserve what they deserve. Yeah, you should have been there. Folks, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. Ten years later, they erected the Vietnam Memorial. My wife and I is seeing the wall. Our, our Christian motorcycle group, every year they bring pieces of the wall through, and they escort it from, nation, from, from sea to shining sea. And my wife and I have seen the Vietnam Memorial, and it's just, folks, it's, it's, it's you know, just something. When you just, you, you lay your hands on this big black granite rock that stretches. Her cousin's name's on it. Stephen. She went there and she took a piece of paper like many of them do and she etched out and found Stephen's name. A cousin that she never grew up with because he went to war. See, the material is, says, okay, I see it. I see the price for freedom. What's it going to take me to earn it? Don't give it to me. What do I have to do to earn it? I remember so many of presidents in years gone by said, you've got you to love this country. You've got to earn your right to be in this country. Now, I know that's not going to go over well with everybody here. That's okay. 
Merle Haggard. Anybody heard of Merle Haggard? He had an old song. It says, when you're walking down our country, hoss, you're walking on the fighting side of me. And then he said these words that I always thought, well, a pastor can't say this. So I'll come out from behind the desk. If you don't love it, leave it. Now, I know that's hard to say, but... but So you're not saying that as a pastor? You bet your sweetheart I'm saying it as a pastor, yes. <laughs> Folks, we got to understand, Jesus died for you and I to have the ability to live free. It wasn't American government. It wasn't this government, that government. It was the blood of Jesus that caused freedom. Can somebody say amen? And if we don't respect the fact that it's God that gives us freedom, and folks, it was not without cost. Let me wrap this up this morning and talk about the eternal memorial. Not symbolic, not material. I'm talking about eternal, the strength and grace to stand no matter what. You see, folks, epic-making events have marked the history of the world. Do you know that Christianity did not become legal? You were martyred for being a Christian up until 313 A.D.? Roman, Rome fell just a few uh, years later, just 150 years later. America was discovered a 1,000 years later. The Protestant Reformation happened just a couple hundred years, or 100 years after, or excuse me, not even 100 years, 1492 to 1517. Just something like 25 years later. The American Revolution, 1776, steam-powered engines, 1859, atomic energy, 1945. Folks, there are epic events that have changed the world. But there is only one event in all of history that divided history into two parts, B.C. and A.D. If you're new to Terminologies is called BCE now because they can't say before Christ. They have to say before the common era. That's called political correctness. But folks, what happened 2,000 years ago affected all mankind. The birth of a baby in a little town called Bethlehem. And on that birth, hung the mystery of the ages. And because of a child's birth, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, more men, women, and children have given their lives more than all the wars combined in this world. All freedom has one common thread. And that's a willingness to die for it. All freedom, one common thread. If you want freedom, be willing to die. Oh, that's not the, oh, I don't want to pay a price for it. Let somebody else do that. Well, then don't talk about it. Honor those that have done that. This eternal memorial. Let me go back to Exodus. He said, my name will be remembered forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. 
Now think about that. That was a conversation that God was having with Moses. Tell him, I am sent you. Well, let me take you to the New Testament. There's people that even in the Christian church today, more and more and more are believing that Jesus was just a great man, a great prophet. But do you want me to tell you what the Bible says about Jesus himself? These are the words that Jesus spoke in John 6, 35. He said, I am the bread of life. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. In John 8, 58, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Is somebody getting excited about this I am that is still speaking today? In John 10, 9, he said, I am the door. In 10, 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. In John eleven twenty five, 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And those that believe in me, though they dead, they'll live forevermore. In John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. In John 15, 1, he said, I am the true vine. You know what? When you study that out, it's the same I am that spoke to Moses. It's speaking to you and I. I ain't, I was, I am, I am. <coughs> In Matthew 10, 39, look what it says. If you lose your life, You'll gain it. But if you try to keep your life, you'll lose it. Back in John 15, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Folks, let me get patriotic for a minute. I have made this same statement for probably the entire 30-plus years of my ministry because this is a statement I believe If America ceases to be America, the world will cease to be the world. America is the moral compass of the world. Do you know why we're the moral compass? We're the only country founded on this. We are the moral compass. This is why when America does stupid things, then yes, it does. And the world mocks it, laughs about it, thumbs its nose at it, and does its own thing. Oh, you, Mr. Moral and Right over here, you going to tell us what to do? When we started veering away from this book in 1963, when we started telling our schools, our kids don't need it anymore. Folks, on the radio program this morning, I was talking about uh, Chuck Colson who was the founder of Breakpoint. He was a man that was, that was part of, of Nixon's staff during the Watergate era. He got arrested. He got thrown in prison. But while he was in prison, you know who he found? Jesus. See, Jesus will always take the bad and use it for good if you'll let him. Always. He didn't keep him out of prison. He said, I'm going to teach you how to be a moral agent. I'm going to teach you how to be a Christian. And over and over and over, Chuck Colson grew and developed. And then a few years later, he got out of prison. And you know what he started doing? He started going to the prisons and telling them about the hope he found. He started going to the schools and telling them about the hope he found. I made this statement, Chuck Colson, I was quoting him. And he said, you know, this morning, 
and this has been many, many years ago. He said, this morning, I went to preach it. I went to speak at a public school. And they walked up to me and they said, the only thing we don't want you to talk about is the word of God. And he said, you know, tonight, I'm going to a prison. And you know, the first thing the warden came and asked me, he said, please, will you tell them about the word of God? In the place they needed the most to keep them out of the place they needed to go the least, they won't let them talk about it. But now when they go to prison, they ask him, please come tell them about it. Folks, if America ceases to be America, the world will cease to be the world. We were the great Christian hope. My name is to be remembered to all generations as the worship team comes. Second Chronicles, and I want you to listen to who it's directed to. Chapter 7, verse 14 says, if my people, who's he talking to? Is he talking to the world? Is he talking to the countries? Who's he talking to? The church, Christians, people that call upon the name of the Lord. If my people called by my name, it's in your notes, would you? It's not about symbolism. It's not about memorialism or materialism. It's about eternalism will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. Now, once again, I want you to grab a hold of this understanding. Who is God speaking to? Will turn from their wicked ways. What is he talking about? He's talking to the church, and he's calling the church living in wicked ways. Ladies and gentlemen, any time it's about you, it's not about him. Any time it's about me, it's not about him. That's what's called idolatry. Any time what I want trumps, no pun intended, what God says is called wicked will turn from their wicked ways, their selfish ways, their idolatrous ways, their it's all about me ways. Look what he says. Then I'll hear from heaven. Can I tell you the church has become all about the church? Where's God? He said, I'll hear, I'll forgive, and I'll heal. The change in our country starts with the change in her people. The desire less of things and more of God. Folks, when this country was founded, everywhere you turned, do you know nine out of ten of the major educational institutions in America were founded as Bible colleges? Harvard, Yale, I could just go on and name them. Where's God now? Not even welcomed. We say, well, he, you know, he's, he's not even. Oh, he's walking the corridors, church. Just waiting for somebody to call out to him. Today, so many have given so much. All gave some. Some gave all. Let's put the country aside for a second. Let's talk about us as individuals. Will we humble ourselves? And like little Miss Heather said, 
Let's stand up. Well, you know, people won't like me. They didn't like him either. Well, you know, they, they might hate me. They hated him. They might get mad at me. They persecuted him. What else? They killed him. Next. You see, if it's, if it's not about living and it's okay for dying, that's when we really understand freedom. That's hard to hear, isn't it, Pastor? Not for you, but for all of us. How will my life ever live for Christ if it hasn't first died in Christ? For America to become America again, she has to die. She has to go find that altar that originally was founded in 1492. Oh, I don't give a flip what they teach you in school these days. I know the real history. I know the real civics. Not this rewritten stuff. All over the country, they're pulling down our history. Okay? My history was born in a manger, and they can't pull that down. Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You go down into the 20th verse. We depend upon the Lord alone to save us. Only He can help us. But it only happens as we trust in His holy name. Yes, Lord, let your constant love surround us for our hope is in you alone. Let me ask you today, can we sing probably one of the most beautiful songs? The first time I dedicated my life to Christ was in a little little Baptist church in, uh, I think it was uh, Weatherford, Texas, I think it was. A kid at school stood up so would you come to church? Okay. That morning, the preacher preached. And if you're a good old Baptist guy here and you've come out of there, maybe you're Bapticostal now. You decided to come a little further over. and I don't know you full-blown Pentecostal, but that's okay. He's preaching fire and brimstone of this church. Tell you what, he was determined to scare the hell out of me. Amen. Sister Jane, whenever I do that, she just kind of cringes. But she loves me. Oh, he did? God got a hold of me that day. Oh, I didn't live for God after that. But a seed got planted. But this is the song they played at the altar. Let me ask you today, as the music begins, do you know Jesus? Not just as symbolic words. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, he's, he's the dude on the cross. Well, he's not on the cross anymore. Okay? 
Yeah, I know Jesus. I heard about him in Sunday school. See, that's symbolism, church. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? said, well, how do I know if I know him? You're willing to die for him just like he died for you. They want to stand up and talk and smack about my Lord? What are you going to do, Johnny? Mr. Harmia, what are you going to do? You're going to stand up and say something, aren't you? How many of us say, well, okay. They're foolish and unlearned. But they call that about the disciples. But are we going to stand up? Folks, we got to. He said, come just as you are. I've had people say, well, he loves me just like I am. Yes, he does. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants your life to change. And the way it changes by applying his word. And the Bible tells me over and over, Paul is writing, Timothy is writing, John is writing, Mark is writing, Matthew is writing. And they say, I die daily. I take up my cross daily. I make a commitment daily. Folks, Christianity is a daily walk. It's not a one-time prayer and everything's good. It's a daily walk. So today, I ask you to come. Just God's not asking you to prove yourself. He's not asking you to clean yourself up. He's asking you, what will you do with what my son did? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? See, I say Lord and Savior because he's not just Savior. He has to be a Lord. You see, a Savior saves, but a Lord tells you what you can and can't do. Do you know Jesus? Is he calling the shot in your life? If not, these altars are open. I ask you to come and make him a living memorial. The great I am. The great I will. The great I have. The great I'm yet going to do for your life. Would you come quickly? Maybe you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you've gone through struggles. You've gone through difficulties. You've gone through hardships. Folks, the Bible says, think it not strange. The fiery trial that is to try you. If you're a Christian, you are going to. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And if you're not going through it this time, you will next time. We're going to go through things. God tells us, come, come. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcome quickly as music plays softly maybe like the song just said you're broken maybe you've been used abused misused 
by those who call themselves Christian. Maybe you've given your life in, in some kind of military or law enforcement or, or fire or, or whatever capacity. And you've got wounds, you've got brokenness, you've got things that are just beating on you. Well, the greatest place to find your healing and your help and your hope is at an altar. I wonder if he would come, if he would come. As we sing those words, I come broken, everyone today. I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. God, we need your rescue. God, we need to be filled by you. thank you Lord today thank you for people God that go beyond just words they go beyond just symbolism they go beyond churchianity and body soul mind and strength they dedicate themselves to Christianity Father we thank you Lord this morning God is not by mind or power but by your spirit God, we thank you, Lord. You know, today is Memorial Day. Today is a day that we recognize all those who gave all. And I want to talk just for a moment about this country. Founded on the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not religion. And I'm thankful for centuries Europe sent missionaries to America. Not for centuries, for decades. And for decades and decades America sent missionaries all over the world. Today America is in bad shape. But it's not far gone because God's people are still here. And God said if we would pray, humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, he could heal the land. I am is still willing today. I want to do something as we wrap up this morning. 
hundred plus years ago, they wrote a pledge to our flag, a pledge of dedication. In 1951, they added the most important part of that when they returned it back and said, God, we have to remember to trust you. And so Heather is going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. No, we're not pledging over Christ. We're pledging to the Lord our lives, our lives in this country to be a Christian nation. So she's going to lead us, and then I'm going to sing a song that is probably one of the most popular songs that talk about the things that were, the things that are, but by God's grace, the things that still can be. Heather, would you lead us, please? Would you all stand? I remember I used to say this every day in school, and I'm sad that I don't even remember the last time I said it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If tomorrow all things I've done, it was all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank the Lord above To be living here today For the flag still stands for freedom They can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American
country. Thank you, Lord, for more than a country, for a people that dedicate their lives to you every day. Because God, America isn't great because America thinks it's great. America is great because America is good, because it was based on God. The minute we take God out of good, we have absolutely nothing left. God, help us. Help us to return to you. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. To all of our military, our firefighters, our law enforcement, all of our uh, different branches of the government around, we thank you. We appreciate you. Happy Memorial Day. God bless you. Ah, yes, this Friday night, I thank you, thank you, thank you. We have had two weeks of tremendous evening prayer on Friday, so if you would come and join us this Friday at 6.30, we're going to have another prayer meeting this Wednesday night, our Bible study, but it has been a tremendous time of prayer as we're ushering in, believing God for the manifestation of His presence on Pentecost Sunday. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. Yeah.